0: Hello and welcome to Virtual Legality. I'm your host Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan, and today we're going to talk about NVIDIA and more particularly NVIDIA's GeForce Now project, which I know a number of people have gotten excited about. But as you can tell from the title of this video, we're talking about NVIDIA's missteps and. Part of that story is the fact that after GeForce Now left beta, and we're going to talk about what GeForce Now is if you're not familiar with it, but after this project left beta, a number of game companies decided to pull their games off of availability on the GeForce Now service. And a number of people asked me questions about this, including IGN, who I gave quotes to over the weekend. And this is a result, in my opinion, of NVIDIA believing very much in the value proposition of their service, and not really going through all of the due diligence required to even kind of suss out what their license structure is, whether or not they have the ability to put these games on their service. And now they are reacting to folks like, as we see here, the long dark developer, the Hinterlands, saying, hey, we don't wanna be a part of that service. And so a number of people asked me what the legalities of this situation were. And I will tell you, they are not as clear as perhaps they should be. So one of the things we will see, I think, as a result of things like GeForce Now and potential competitors in the future is the STEAMs of the world, the GOGs of the world, some other kind of PC service providers changing their terms and conditions in order to more specifically address cloud services, software as a service, virtual environments, and virtualization in general. And while I think they're covered kind of ambiguously, and we're gonna look at the terms and conditions for STEAM in particular to talk about that, that ambiguousness allows NVIDIA and GeForce Now to kind of operate in an area where maybe Steam and Valve want one thing and the developers who actually provide the content to their service want another thing. And that's not going to be easily kind of solved without a little bit better legal language. So without further ado, let's take a look at this IGN article. This was written by Joseph Noop, who I have been giving quotes to both back at Games Daily Biz and now at IGN. And it says, The long, dark developer asks NVIDIA to take their game off of GeForce Now saying company didn't ask permission to host it on their service. Another blow for NVIDIA's game streaming service seemingly brought about due to legally gray business etiquette. Raphael Van Lierop, the director of the popular survival game The Long Dark, has a bone to pick with NVIDIA's GeForce Now game streaming service. In a post shared on Sunday, Liropp said that the studio had asked NVIDIA to take the Long Dark off of their service, saying the graphics card and technology company did not ask for permission to host the game. The matter calls into question what rights a game company may have when a service like NVIDIA's GeForce Now aims to sell access to their product. Now, if that is the intro, we can take a look at the tweet directly. It says, sorry to those who are disappointed that you can no longer play the Long Dark on GeForce Now. NVIDIA didn't ask for our permission to put the game on the platform, so we asked them to remove it. Please take your complaints to them and not us. Devs should control where their games exist. Now just kind of starting off, this individual, the Hinterlands, is specifically saying they don't want their game on GeForce Now. So I think probably the blame is, is kind of twofold to both directions of whether or not you want to put that blame on NVIDIA for not going through the proper legal process in advance. And as a lawyer, I say, yeah, they should have done that. I call this video their misstep. But also, if you want to play their game on GeForce Now and you can't because they want to pull it off, well, I think that there is a certain amount of blame that goes along with that as well. And in order to kind of discuss that, we, we need to talk about what GeForce Now is, right? I pulled up this very fancy screen, The Power to Play. It says, Legendary GeForce Cloud Gaming, available to all. We've still not got a lot of specifics here as to what this thing is. You bought it. You own it. Connect to your favorite stores and stream your library of games. You make your purchase on your personal store account and your games will always stay with you. So this is distinguishing it from something like Stadia where you basically have to buy a Stadia version of the game and it's available on Stadia. This says, hey, you buy something on Steam and we can look at what you have on Steam and we can play that for you through GeForce Now. But we're still not that much closer as to what GeForce Now is. It says share the win, saves highlights, get playing, have a membership. All of this is very kind of opaque and they don't really describe what it is so well. So I wanted to look at the terms of use, terms of service that we do when we're in virtual legality to kind of better understand what is even happening here. It says, NVIDIA GeForce Now, including the associated software materials and services, which they call GFN, is a cloud-based service that enables users to use a virtual PC for gaming. Now, if you work, if you use enterprise software, like at Hoag Law or like at the other places where I'm of counsel, We have virtual environments. That means I can log in, I can use some computer magic, and I can access a virtual computer that is essentially hosted in the cloud in an environment on a server somewhere that hosts a bunch of different computers. And that's what a virtual PC is for this purpose. I pulled up the wiki, which isn't terribly helpful, but it says hardware virtualization is the virtualization of computers as complete hardware platforms. Certain logical abstractions of their component tree or only the functionality required to run various operating systems. Said another way, they can build a computer of specific specs within a much stronger computer and serve that up to you online through their server infrastructure. And that's what GeForce Now is doing. GeForce Now is saying, hey, we will pretend that we've got this computer here and then you log in with your Steam account and we can just allow you to access it wherever you want through this GeForce Now service as if it were a computer that was interfacing with Steam in the normal way. It says the license here is NVIDIA grants you a non-commercial, personal, non-exclusive, non-transferable license to access and use GFN. And NVIDIA or a GFN Alliance partner is renting you a virtual PC for gaming and it is your responsibility to have sufficient rights to use the content, i.e. third-party video games or DLC. Now, that's interesting in and of itself, right? We've talked about this in the past in virtual legality, but the way this works is you develop a video game and you have the copyright to that video game. You have the exclusive rights to determine how that video game is distributed, how it's copied, how it's performed publicly. Those are your rights as the developer or publisher if the developer was working directly for another party. You have those rights and then you license them out. To various parties in the case of the developer publisher relationship to something like steam you enter into a distribution agreement and you license steam certain rights now it's worth noting that then steam can't license more rights than it got from the publisher or developer right so that agreement the distribution agreement between the developer and publisher and steam is very important to answering this question of the legalities of this entire service unfortunately Steam keeps its distribution agreement under NDA and only occasionally do various provisions pop up. We talked in Virtual Legality at the end of last year about a provision that they had added to kind of combat the Epic Games Store that talked about whether or not you had to have release date parity of your product on Steam and other services online. We talked about that at length. Please go check out that video if you're interested in that particular question. But other than those brief occurrences when it pops out, Steam and Valve ask you to sign an NDA regarding all of the terms of their relationship with you before you even get to the distribution agreement. So we kind of have to take it on faith when we're going to look at a quote from the Hinterlands folks that says, hey, we didn't license out these extra rights to Steam. But suffice it to say, what's important here is that what is happening is not a traditional computer environment. If The software licensor, the developer or Steam or GOG or Origin or wherever you might find your video games, has said to you that you can only use your license in a specific way, on a specific computer, on a specific set of hardware, these various things, then with that language, you aren't allowed to kind of move things out into the cloud. And this is an issue that we face when we're negotiating contracts at a commercial and enterprise level at Hoglaw or elsewhere all the time. When we're talking about Oracle servers, when we're talking about Microsoft licenses, we have to very carefully negotiate the provisions about what a seat looks like, whether a virtual environment counts, how many cores or CPUs this thing can actually operate on. And this is an entire kind of section of negotiation for these agreements. Now, as we've talked about in virtual legality, these agreements that we have between kind of consumers and vendors of entertainment services, they're not negotiated, right? These are contracts of adhesion which despite what you might read in some of the comments to my videos are generally enforceable by the courts. If you put in something in here that said you owe your firstborn to Valve, that probably wouldn't be enforceable for reasons of public policy. But in general, in the United States, the courts are inclined to honor the freedom of contract. And so as long as it's kind of within the realm of reason, you're allowed to put limitations on the licenses that you put out there for software. So that's what GeForce now is. That's how it's distinct from Stadia. Let's kind of go back to the main article to talk about exactly what is the issue here. It says, Lira followed up his statement by saying that NVIDIA offered us a free graphics card as an apology, so maybe they'll offer you the same thing. Though it's not entirely clear if he meant the comment in jest or was serious. I think that's in jest. NVIDIA GeForce Now is a game streaming service, much like Google Stadia or Microsoft's Project xCloud, wherein customers stream games from a central cloud hub over Wi-Fi or a mobile connection. The trick with GeForce Now is that you can link your account to other services, such as Steam or the Epic Game Store, to prove that you already own a game. It's more than proving it if I understand how this works. It's a virtual environment. So it's actually kind of interacting with Steam or Epic Game Store or what have you as if you were sitting in front of that computer that is virtualized in the server farm that NVIDIA is hosting. So it's a little bit different, and that matters from the legal perspective. Depending on what level of membership you're paying for, you may also have to wait a few minutes for an available PC rig to open up so that you can play. Check out their review at IGN for more details. There's no one centralized page listing every game available on GeForce, but those interested in checking out the catalog, which Nvidia says includes hundreds of games by more than 50 publishers, can use a search bar to kind of find things out. When pushed on the subject of game ownership and why the long dark developers should have any say in the matter which is kind of a a broadside about copyright and ownership and license in general, since any GeForce user playing the Long Dark ostensibly already paid for the game, Lirop reiterated that NVIDIA had never formally signed any deal with the developer Hinterland Studio. Because they sell this service based on access to a library of content, Lirop said, we have the choice whether to be in that library or not. Our distribution agreement is with Valve and not with NVIDIA. Now... I think a couple of good points are raised here, right? First of all, why are we seeing developers kind of pull back from GeForce Now in general, right? Ostensibly, intuitively, we can think about this relationship and say, well, they bought your product. What does it matter to you, whether you are playing it on your computer or you're playing it on your phone through GeForce Now or or otherwise? And the answer to that is something of an accident of history with video games, right? That It's possible somebody like the Hinterlands could want to sell you a mobile version, maybe even tweak the UI, maybe make it better for that particular environment, and they don't like how their game plays on environment X, Y, or Z, and they feel like that will essentially lose some of the company's goodwill because the game doesn't play as they would hope, and they, as the developer, feel like you should have to play it in the best manner possible for the game that they're presenting. You see this a lot in movies and cinema, right? You have certain directors that want their movies only displayed on film stock, only displayed in this specific aspect ratio, not displayed with certain trailers and things along those lines. So there always is that kind of artistic consideration of, hey, I'm the artist. I created this thing. I want to be able to say how someone enjoys it. Now, I don't know whether that's a winner in the long run. I think cloud services are here to stay, and they're only going to get bigger and more varied. But when you talk about somebody like the Hinterlands backing up, that isn't quite the same thing that we saw from the Activisions and Blizzards of the world. It says, funnily enough, this isn't even the first time NVIDIA has found itself being asked to remove a game from its service. Activision Blizzard, the publisher of such massive properties as Overwatch, Diablo, Call of Duty, and Hearthstone, pulled its games from GeForce after the service exited its beta last month. Now, I'm sure it comes as no surprise to you that I don't necessarily think Activision and Blizzard are motivated necessarily by artistic considerations when removing this service. In general, I think they don't see an extra dime out of NVIDIA's GeForce Now, and they have the wherewithal, the capital, the size to potentially create a competitor, right? And I think you saw kind of content creators get into a pickle when they released all of their content to Netflix. And I'm talking about TV and movies on this. And now, only now, are we seeing, okay... That doesn't make a lot of sense for the content creators netflix needs that content in order to survive we should make our own competing services and you see that i think a little bit faster being uptaken by the activision blizzards probably the eas and the bigger publishers of the world to say okay that's an interesting service that makes a lot of sense as an idea why don't we have an activision blizzard branded version of one because our content is more important than whatever content you've otherwise managed to gather And then you have all of these bifurcated services, and maybe that market doesn't work either. But you can kind of understand it from the perspective of a company that's large and could potentially build its own competing alternative for itself. The Hinterlands and The Long Dark is a different situation, in my opinion. It's really about that artistic control. As another tweet said, it's our content. We determine where it lives and where it does not. And... As I said, I gave quotes on this specific article before we dive into the terms and conditions I wanted to talk about. It says business lawyer Richard Hoag of Hoag Law and Virtual Legality, very nice of them to put the link in there to this very channel and this very series, generally agrees with the long, dark developer's position, saying that NVIDIA should have asked for the consent of the developer. I agree insofar as they, they should have that control. I don't know that it's entirely clear from what we can see just on the customer-facing Steam Mula, which we're about to look at, but they should have that control. You don't want to essentially accidentally license out rights that you didn't know that you were licensing out. And it's in Steam's best interest, and truthfully, it's in Nvidia's best interest to not just offend the gaming content creator community by saying, oh no, that sentence that you licensed away, that gave us all these rights. Ha ha, we're gonna take our ball and run away and make money off of your product. Uh, I think it's fair for them to say, okay, that's not how we want to operate. You're going to collect a membership fee. We don't get a cut of that. We have all these issues with what you are purporting to do. And so we're going to take our ball and say, no, you can't do that. And ultimately these publishers, these uh, service providers, the Steams of the world, NVIDIA here in respect of GeForce now should probably just in terms of PR and business strategy say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It says, I think nvidia oh this is me speaking i think nvidia thought that they could convince developers and publishers of the value proposition of participating in now and that just hasn't coalesced particularly with big publishers that may have their own streaming solutions in the works what you just heard from me adding that he'd be very surprised if hinterland Studios somehow gave up distribution rights to their own game as you know a developer owns the copyright to their game and they don't lose the rights associated with that copyright when they license their game to a buyer hogue continued and games are in general licensed and not sold With terms related to that license applied to the quote-unquote buyer most of these are known or otherwise non-controversial you won't reverse engineer the product you won't use it to post speech we find hateful etc but some are probably less well known most licenses are going to say some version of you have the right to play a single copy of the game on a personal computer or system in your control and you can't use your copy for commercial access to run an arcade etc so in this case the long dark folks and probably steam and gog and epic above them the, the folks that they have a distribution agreement with, have similar language in their end-user license agreements, and NVIDIA probably should have gotten permission, frankly, in terms of optics, if nothing else. Right? It doesn't look good for NVIDIA to go out there with this product and for other developers to say, hey, you didn't even ask us, and now you are seeking to make membership fees off of a library of content that you didn't even ask us about distributing. That doesn't seem to make sense to us Where's our three cents out of a $5 membership, right? Even at those kind of small amounts, NVIDIA shouldn't be getting this money, this extra kind of revenue stream for free. And I think you can come at that from either side. Certainly, the concept of a GeForce Now is very customer friendly. These developers and these publishers want to be careful of not alienating their own customers. As I said when I talked about this person's tweets that said, okay, yeah, you don't have to put the blame on them, but they're probably can be some blame that you put on them if you want to, right? These other developers are not immediately kind of removing their product from the GeForce Now service. I'm sure that NVIDIA would like to put the elevator pitch together that says, if you have this access, if customers are happier with your product because it is more available to them, they are more likely to buy this product as well as your products in the future because you have generated this goodwill towards your brand. Maybe they were gonna win that day with that argument with some independent developers, with some major publishers. Maybe they're not gonna win the day with that argument. Certainly as a lawyer, I would have said that discussion should have been had entirely before this thing came out of beta. You should have figured out exactly what your opening kind of look at a library was so that you removed the stuff that wasn't going to be in that library early on and didn't have these kinds of stories that get into IGN, that get into the major kind of video game periodicals that say, this developer can make the right statement that said, you didn't ask us, we're not getting paid for this, we don't want this on your service, and now remove it because that looks bad for NVIDIA. It says, when asked to comment, an NVIDIA spokesperson referred IGN to a previously published blog post. Beyond some general statements about the future of GeForce Now, the blog post also references that some developers may choose to remove their games from the service. And here's the quote. As we approach a paid service, some publishers may choose to remove games before the trial period ends. This was during the beta. Ultimately, they maintain control over their content and decide whether the game you purchase includes streaming on GeForce Now. Meanwhile, others will bring games back as they continue to realize GeForce Now's value. Stay tuned for more on that. And of course, that's NVIDIA's main job right now is to convince developers and publishers of that value, an argument that maybe they aren't winning so much with at least certain corners of both the internet and the developer community. But let's actually take a look both at one question that one of my followers on Twitter asked me, which I thought was interesting, and then what I'm talking about with respect to the specific legal language. This is from Game Over 30 on Twitter. It says, Hey, I read your quotes. That's the quotes of the IGN article the other day, and they make sense. But what keeps nagging at me in my mind is the remote desktop situation. What if a company just rented generic remote desktops, someone installed Steam on it, and then played their games? Is part of the problem the branding and usage of GeForce Now? And I don't know that remote desktops, even if they're physical, even if they fully exist, solve this problem specifically. Right now, we're going to look at the Steam EULA. This is what you enter into when you enter into an agreement to have a Steam account. This is what you as a customer buy games under as a legal contract. And we're going to see that it doesn't necessarily answer this question as specifically as the lawyer in me would like. And certainly as specifically as the developers and the publishers would like now that we are facing a kind of cloud virtualization consideration. The GeForce Now concept, that question is not going to stop. There are going to be competitors. And so I think it would behoove kind of Steam and Valve and others to kind of address this directly rather than to have all of these kind of post-ad hoc decisions. So it says, here's your license from Steam. Steam and your subscriptions require the download and installation of content and services onto your computer. Valve hereby grants and you accept a non-exclusive license and right to use the content and services for your personal non-commercial use, except where commercial use is expressly allowed herein or in the applicable subscription terms. This license ends upon termination of this agreement or a subscription that includes the license. That's it, that's the language. And we've talked in virtual legality in the past about this, but this is kind of an effort by Steam to have language that is maybe not as legal easy, to be more plain English and more understandable. You are required to download and install the content and services onto your computer and you get a non-exclusive license for your personal and non-commercial use. So Steam has that relationship with you. I've highlighted in yellow that it's related specifically to your computer. In my opinion, that says that absent some other kind of discretion, some waiver that Steam gives, this is most and best read as saying you have to play the game of your steam account on a computer that's within your control right that you don't send your account information out onto the cloud virtual computers don't count for this purpose because virtualization even though we call it a virtual computer is really a set of software that exists on a server somewhere and that's not your computer in no way could you ascribe geforce now's servers to be yours Right? Even GeForce Now's terms says essentially it's renting you a computer. And then you have questions of ownership versus lease and all these things that kind of pop up. And Steam and Valve want to be generic because they essentially want to have the power and authority to interpret one thing one way if they like you and interpret it a different way if they don't like you. And apparently Steam and Valve have already said, hey, GeForce Now seems cool. That's going to increase the value of a Steam account in general. So I think in in general, Valve and Steam are in favor of NVIDIA and GeForce Now, but their developers aren't as clear. And the distribution agreement between the developers and Steam probably say something along these lines. That we're allowing the distribution by Steam of our content to specific folks on their computers on a non-exclusive personal basis. Then you get the question of whether allowing GeForce Now, allowing NVIDIA to have access to your Steam account credentials, use it in a virtual environment, is that personal and non-commercial use? And is the use actually also NVIDIA's and GeForce Now's use? And so you have all these kind of issues baked in. So I don't know that just having a separate computer set up remotely and then leasing that to you on a temporary basis under a membership regime, even if it's not virtualized, solves that issue for Game Over 30 or anybody else asking me this question. But it's clear that this could be more specific. And so I want to point out here that this is only the highest level of EULA, right? This is only the thing that applies in general to Steam games. They also point out the following. Each subscription allows you to access particular content and services. Some subscriptions may impose additional terms specific to that subscription. For example, an end user license agreement specific to a particular game or terms of use specific to a particular product or feature of Steam. Said another way, This is the highest level terms and conditions that Steam offers, but any given game can have under it their own EULA. The publisher can have their own end user license agreement, can have their own terms, can be more specific about all of this. And in fact, we have seen that in the past, and we see that a lot. And I've pulled up just as an example here, one of the ones that you can actually grab off of Steam that you can see for yourself. It is the end user license agreement for Final Fantasy VII Remastered, of all things. A game from 1997, but remastered for the PC. And this is Square Enix's EULA for that game. And I suspect this is Square Enix's EULA for almost everything that they release on all the various platforms. But we can kind of scroll down to see the language that as a lawyer, I would have wanted to have seen in order to be very clear that NVIDIA and GeForce Now needed to go get that permission. So this, again, operates above, is more powerful, is more controlling than just the Steam EULA. Here's what Square Enix says. It says, for long as you are in compliance with the provisions of this EULA, we, SEL, Square Enix, I think maybe licensing, grants you the non-exclusive limited right and license to install one copy of the software product into and use it on a single hard drive, which is under your custody and control and which meets the specifications required to in the manual for your own private and domestic use only. So you can see the difference in that language, right? It's pretty clear that this controls over what the Steam kind of generic EULA does and it says very specifically you download this you put it on one hard drive under your custody and control that is very clearly not Nvidia GeForce Now and I think ultimately a couple of things are going to happen in response to kind of the cloudening of video games in general and all of these services is that either Steam is going to have more specific information about what this license does And I don't know that that'll happen because if Valve and Steam are in favor of GeForce Now as kind of a concept, they probably like this ambiguity. But the secondary kind of thing that will happen is because you can have your own EULA, the hinterlands of the world, the independent developers of the world that want to make sure that they aren't grabbed up by NVIDIA and GeForce Now will have their own EULAs. The difficulty, of course, coming from the fact that as far as NVIDIA can tell, based on the primary EULA that they can see for all games... They might be within their power, especially if Steam has otherwise waived this provision and said, oh, yeah, your computer can count for that virtualization issue. We give you that agreement. They would have to go and look at every specific video game EULA, every specific publisher EULA, and go and find out whether or not there is language like the Square Enix language that specifically says it's on your hard drive, it's under your custody, it's under your control, because that, prevent, that prevents them from operating GeForce Now as they would otherwise do. So I think what we will see is as this continues to be an issue, if you are the hinterlands, if you are someone that has that same kind of artistic consideration for your product line, you are going to very specifically have a EULA that says exactly what Square Enix says or some version of it. When we are selling you a license here at Steam, we are selling you that license for your own computer in your own control and not for one of these cloud services. You could even add language that says that. You could even call out NVIDIA's GeForce Now if you want. As well as reference it as GeForce Now, any successor or any similarly situated product or service. Uh, yes, I, I, I draft this language for a living. So you can put all that in your EULA. I suspect we will see that more often, not just because the hinterlands of the world want to keep their stuff off of the service, but because they want to seat at the table. They don't want NVIDIA to have this kind of plenary and total authority to take their product and put it on their service and make money off it. They maybe don't mind GeForce now existing, but they want to kind of be able to control what their visibility is on that service, what, if any, kind of consideration they get for the presence on that service, and to have that conversation rather than NVIDIA just kind of sucking all these things up. And unfortunately for NVIDIA, the reason I titled this a misstep is because By not having these conversations, by assuming certain things, by assuming that Valve could give license rights that maybe they don't even have or own or have the right to themselves, they have put themselves in this position for the hinterlands and the long dark to make a public spectacle of their removing the video game from the service. And if there are others that feel the same way, it wouldn't surprise me if you get this kind of article, this kind of story kind of smattered about the next couple of months of people removing it from the service. And that's just not gonna look good for NVIDIA and GeForce Now. They wanna look like the good guys. They're offering a new service, something that is useful to people that play PC video games. And if they start to look like the enemy of the folks that actually develop these things, the content creators, I don't think that's a viable long-term solution for them. I don't think that looks good. And ultimately, that's why I view it as a misstep. This is the kind of thing that due, due diligence, that term, should have addressed as part of the beta process, as part of your legal team's process. And by letting it get out beyond the release date for this service, you've created a kind of negative goodwill environment that really could negatively affect your brand, your image, and your company. That's been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this, please like, please subscribe to the channel. Please share it around with anybody you think might be interested on Neo Gaff, Reset Era, Reddit, wherever else you might find yourself. If you caught it on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it in its podcast form, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only.